The future has yet to arrive for the NFL and Amazon. At least it's not there yet. Not by a long shot. <laughs> it's coming, but it's not there. I don't know about Keith, but I agree with Alpha Media. And the question is, will the FCC agree? And Ooh. yes, unless continues to be more for Odyssey, the old intercom, not to be confused with Odyssey, the journey, Odyssey, the audio company, as uh, they have an interesting way of doing things with employees that we have commented on before and will continue to comment on. So good morning. We are back with another edition of Media Insultant with comments, ideas, uh, occasionally a little bit of uh, ad hoc consultation and, and snarky comments on what's going on in the media space today. In Seattle, I'm Jackson Weaver, and in Southern California, Keith Samuels, as you can see right next to me. Without commercial interruption, we welcome you to the, to the Friday, January 13th episode of Media Insultant. You just reminded me. I didn't even realize it's Friday the 13th. So we, Yes, we it's Friday the 13th. It's Freaky Friday the 13th. So you never know where the media insultants are going to go on Friday the 13th. But, could get kind of scary. But we prepared nothing scary. Well, I mean, media is scary space it is, it is right now. You know, particularly if you're in local media selling radio or TV, it's real scary. But we'll see if we can stumble through it even without the curse of the 13th. Right, and apparently we've stirred up a little bit of, uh, we stirred the pot a little bit on that uh, Nielsen uh, Arbitron audio ratings story we did a couple of weeks ago, so uh, stay tuned. I'm, I'm getting pinged by uh, by Nielsen guys that want to uh, share their side of the story, so we'll have more to report on uh, on our, uh, our little bit of controversy dealing with uh, Nielsen's reorg. Looking forward to that. Yeah, love, love to get okay. any opinions, and we invite anybody to... To you know, tell us what you think. You know, you can you can text us uh, or you can email us at Jackson at Intown Media, and uh, you know you can always go on to our LinkedIn site. We love the feedback, so keep it coming. We like hearing about it. <laughs> Not that it's going to change our opinion on anything, but you're free to share. You're free to share. We're, we're free to ignore it too. Since the 30s, radio and TV stations have uh, been prohibited from having foreign investors by the FCC. It's uh, been a rule that uh, has been around for a long time. All the owners of broadcast firms had to be American citizens. And interestingly, I know one publicly traded energy company that bought one radio station to prevent a foreign takeover. Because if anybody had bought more than 25%, they would have been prohibited from buying that company because they owned a radio station. Oh, So this has been around for a long time. But hey, it's 2022, and Alpha comes out of bankruptcy, and they want to bring in some fresh capital. I can't imagine why, but their lenders who turned owners, when they went into bankruptcy, they want their money out. I mean, how silly is that? So what do we have to do? We have to find new suckers to buy into Alpha Media to help pay off the debt? Well, let's not refer to them as suckers, Keith. These are are shrewd investors. They just happen to be not of a domestic nature. So Alpha has gone to the FCC and they want to increase their foreign ownership cap from 25 to 100%. And 
I, I guess at the end of the day, you know, this to me, this is, as we haven't talked about this, but I, my takeaway is who cares? What, what possible difference is it going to make? Broadcasting is not going to subvert our democracy. That, now, that might have been the case in 1935 when you had, you know, major superstations and uh, television was hadn't been invented yet and radio was the only medium and there were only three or four stations. I can see that making some sense. But the irony of it is, is that the FCC has this rule, but TikTok, which arguably is the most impactful social media for a younger generation, this younger generation, is Chinese-owned. And not only do they... It's owned by the Chinese government. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, well, you know, you tell me the difference. But, you know, not only do they have the potential to be disruptive, much more disruptive than any radio or TV station, but neither the FCC, the FTC, the EPA, the FAA, or the USDA or anybody else gives a damn about TikTok. And, uh, you know, we're just too diverse a business. We don't have the impact we used to have as radio and TV. So, my opinion, FCC should grant Alpha the waivers. And then the real question, Keith, and this is what I'm going to ask you. you got to come up with an answer on this. What are the foreign investors seeking? What do they see in this that we're not seeing? If there are any, I'm assuming that Alpha's got some lined up or they wouldn't be bothering the FCC with this. Oh, they, they see they see uh, the road to riches. They see a business that's growing. They see business that's going to pay dividends. They, that's going to have massive cash flow. Oh, wait a minute! That uh, that, that was radio thirty five years ago. Um, uh, I don't know what they see. And you know what's interesting too, because you know um, most of my international media experience is in Australia. And what's interesting about Australia is that is that it's nowhere near as competitive as traditional media is here in the United States. They've got, they have basically two major radio groups, okay? ARN, uh, which, is, which used to be owned, half-owned by iHeart, uh, and they've got uh, uh, Osterio. And Osterio's got a new name these days. I forget the, the current name. Um, but they own all the radio stations. And there's only a handful of radio stations in every market. So it's not like there's 50 radio stations in Sydney. It's not like there's 40 radio stations in Perth. There's like... A half dozen, you know, and three are owned by Osterio, and the other three or four are owned by ARN. And then sometimes there's an odd independent, but it's and the same in television. There's just major groups, uh, and that's it. So, you know, to come into the United States with money, you're going to find yourself in a much more competitive marketplace. It's much more difficult yeah. to grow yeah, and, and to compete. But there are there are guys that are companies that want to buy into you know American radio, and we saw that with iHeart a year ago. Uh, was it Global Media, I think, wanted to buy uh, 49%, you know, 49%, yeah. 49% of iHeart. And iHeart wanted to, you know, didn't want to sell it to them. And they wanted to ask for waivers. Um, I think you're right. I think it's time that it, it doesn't matter who owns it. I mean, you, you have to know who owns the stations. And, and the FCC will keep track of who's owning these stations and what the ownership structure is. But really, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think it really matters anymore. All right, so now I'm going to put the spotlight back on you again because you're our sports guy here. Uh, you are the most articulate guy on sports at Media Insultant, and that's, that's saying almost it's not, it's not a, nothing. Not a lot of competition, <laughs> but thank you. We, we've been following Thursday night's NFL broadcast on Amazon, and I guess my feeling is is that uh, I, I don't I don't know that this has worked out any worse for them than they expected. But their audience is down 41% from a year ago when they were on Fox. Right. So what's your feeling on this? 
the fe- well, the feeling is is that I think the streaming experience started out a little bit less exciting and successful than anybody thought. Oh, I'm sorry, a lot less successful than anybody thought it would be. You know, they went from they were being realistic because the games on Fox were averaging about 16 million viewers. This is a national game. This isn't a game that's that's regional, like your Seahawks game, you know, against the Rams that I got to watch, you got to watch, and probably a handful of other markets got to watch. But it wasn't the national game. That's Sunday night football or Monday night football, or Thursday night football, where it's the only game on. And it's uh, it's typically in prime time, and you're going to get a big number. Well, the 16 million. Amazon promised 12 and a half million. That was their guarantee. They're, we're going to do 12 and a half million house, you know, households watching it, and they averaged about nine and a half million. It was as low. Some of the games were as low as six and a half million audience. So the average was, you know up and down, all over the place, but it was a miserable failure when it comes to viewership for national games. And I can only imagine the hassles that the advertisers are giving Amazon for under-delivering that much, because where else is Amazon going to run you make goods, Jackson? They've, they promised $12.5 million. Where are they going to run Well, them? they can run them on Freebie, but they're, they're not going to run them on another sports product, right? Right. right. So so you're going to see a lot of spots on Freebie that you, you know, <laughs> and they'll just pump Freebie full of uh, the make goods that they'll do. But, you know, yes, the games on on Amazon turned out to be real dogs, at least at the beginning of the season, too. I mean, even Al Michaels, who was doing the announcing for it, was just complaining bitterly about these lousy games <laughs> they were having to do play-by-play for. Um, the streaming experience was uh, iffy, you know. Because it depends on the you know your broadband connection and your your speed of your internet connection, there were a lot of things that went wrong with this, which which should be kind of a, a harbinger for a warning anyway about you know, look just because you're going to flip to a streaming service doesn't mean you've you've struck gold. It's it's going to be a little bit of work, and 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 I think they you know we we saw this with uh, you know the the Netflix uh, ad supported tier under delivering. We're seeing you know NFL on Amazon. NFL never underdelivers. Well, it did on Amazon, and so you know it's the streaming model for sports isn't isn't you know Nirvana yet. And then and then we're switching obviously the uh, Sunday ticket from Directv. That's going to YouTube, and we'll see how YouTube does with it. But you know they're already doing more live things on YouTube and live streaming on YouTube than they were on 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 Amazon. So I think YouTube will probably do okay with it. But you know I, I I'm I'm saying you know uh, and by the way Directv required separate subscription and a dish and a on dish. top of your right. house. Right. You know I I think YouTube's going to be okay with direct with the, with the Sunday ticket for NFL and I think they're going to do better than Amazon's doing with Thursday night football. Well, keep in mind that it's their first year, and nobody, you know, nobody knows quite what to ex- or knew what quite to expect with streamed football. And for Amazon, this is easy R and D money. I mean, a hundred million dollars a year. This is money that falls through the cracks for Amazon. So this is experimental money. They're learning a lot about it. I think one of the other things that also has been a factor is the NFL has become so dispersed and where you can get it that uh, I, I think um, uh, the tertiary audience, not the core, but the tertiary sports audience just just doesn't catch it, you know, and it just doesn't matter to them. I think the other thing that, uh, uh, that's an interesting factor is um, 
Uh, was it Hearst that is uh, setting up a new regional sports network? No, it's Sinclair. No, no Sinclair's got the RSN. Now this is this is um, oh oh Hearst is going to do their own. I, I think it's Hearst, and don't hold me okay. to that. I may have to make a correction next week, but um, they have um, uh, their their whole deal. They started a sports net, and their whole deal is, but it's over the air. Their feeling is is that the RSNs limit the number of people who have these. Uh, sporting events available to them. So they're saying, hey, we have over-the-air with our ION network and with our over-the-air TV oh, stations. Right. So I, I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, I think of negotiating the rights on that is just going to be a, a hair pull. But my point is, is that the whole sports distribution system is breaking down in a way because there's so many ways you can get product delivered and, you know, you're going to need a, a diary guide to be able to figure out where what game is on. And I think it's just I think it's going to be a mess for a while. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think that 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 um, this process of uh, of changing distribution channels and keeping track of it is crazy, except when it comes to the National Football League, because the because the National Football League is so driven by betting. And that's why Sunday Ticket exists because you got to keep track of all your fantasy and all your bets and everything else because you can watch all the games. Same thing with NFL Plus. So the NFL is a different animal when it comes to finding and watching and getting. No matter where it is, they're going to their audience is going to follow. Not so much for NBA, not so much for NHL, not so much for MLB. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and so you know it's uh, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a challenge. That's why we're seeing with these RSNs struggling because you know they've been in place, but the audience is shrinking, cords are getting cut, and the rights fees are going through the roof. You know it's a it's a tough business because it's not the NFL. We'll talk about that a little uh, next week because uh, I think this uh, this strategy, and I, I think it's Hearst. I could be wrong, but um, I th- it's one of the mid-sized television groups. I think they've got an, an interesting idea in how to do this. I'm not sure how it's going to work, but we'll talk a little bit about it. And you mentioned betting, and that's a great natural transition into the uh, betting network that Odyssey has, their BetQL network. The Odyssey we're talking about is Odyssey Audio, the old intercom. They just named a guy by the name of Matt Volk to, um, who, excuse me, a guy by the name of Matt Volk left to return right. to sports television. So Odyssey had to find someone to replace him. And what did they do? What did they, what was the Odyssey way of replacing yeah. an employee, Keith? Well, you know what the Odyssey way is. We talk about it a lot. And that is, is that the one job is not good enough. You've got to have three, maybe four jobs. And so uh, uh, Matt Volk was running the BetQL network, and um, he decided to go back into sports television, uh, whatever that means. <laughs> and so, what did Odyssey do to find? To, to, did they replace him? Well, yeah, they did. Uh, so what they did was like they found a guy that's got a couple of other jobs. Okay, so to take on his duties as running BetQL network, and I, I guess that's running the guys that are doing the shows on BetQL and maybe doing a little bit of affiliate relations and a little bit of ad sales yep. for BetQL. Um, they promoted a guy named Mitch Rosen. I don't know Mitch, but Mitch is now elevated to VP BetQL operations, which basically means he's like the program director. He'll oversee BetQL and the the BetQL brand manager. So there's a brand manager that works for him and a team of talent and producers and writers 
and all those guys that sit around and talk sports all day long at radio stations. So just about everybody at BetQL will report to uh, to Mitch. Uh, I just don't know how many that is. You know, typical sports network probably has about you know a couple you know a dozen full time guys and a half you know another dozen part time contractors. Yeah, yeah. But guess what? It's the Odyssey way. So he'll also work with the head of all things sports at Odyssey, a guy by the name of Mike D, to grow sports book relationships, meaning FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, you know, all the big advertisers who uh, are trying to get you to bet online. Uh, he'll work with them and also to increase external distribution. Okay, I guess that means more affiliates. And more places to put his shows on uh, on stations that aren't owned by Odyssey, but that you know, Mitch is a team player, so he's also keeping his real job, which is brand manager, as in program director, at Odyssey's sports station in Chicago, the Score. So he's also at Score FM. So he's PD. He's uh, he's all he's he's helping Mike D sell this thing, and he's he's and he's managing the network. So um, well done, Mitch. You've got another job to do. Congratulations. Here's a Home Depot gift card for all your trouble. You know, knock yourself out, buddy. Score! If I'm not mistaken, Score is an AM station. Yeah, AM yeah Score station. AM. And I believe it's the old WCFL at, at 100 on the dial. Everybody remembers WCFL. Or those of us who grew up in the Midwest remember WCFL because WCFL stood for Chicago Voice of Labor. And so they were owned by uh, a union. And you can imagine, I, I remember talking to one of the guys who worked there as a jock back in the 70s, and he said it was unbelievable. He said there were five guys to do a radio show. You had one guy who did nothing but start turntables, one guy who played commercials, one guy who turned on the mic, and a supervisor. So, All, all union jobs. All union jobs, yeah. All good same union jobs. There you go. All right. So Mitch, Mitch is our uh, Odyssey Way uh, employee of the month. So there you go. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to get too far into the weeds on this, but I, I don't know how these guys do this, you know, guys and gals. These, the, these are tough jobs solo, and particularly in this environment. And yes, automation helps a lot. Yes, you can get on Zoom calls and you can do that kind of thing. But boy, developing a management style when you've got three or four different jobs, that's a real challenge. Well, and, and you've got all these personalities at BetQL. They're not sitting around in, in, in a single studio and single office like they used to do in the old days. These guys are all over the country. Right. So these guys are doing the show from their basement in Denver or their basement in Houston or their basement in Tampa. Well, they don't have basements in Tampa, but you know what I mean. And they're just so you you have this this dispersed workforce of talent all over the place. You know, how do you create any esprit de corps? How do you create a consistent sound? I don't know, but you know, again, there's all these sports networks, uh, the ISN, and now BetQL, and you know, these guys are all over the place. Uh, you know, saturating, you know, struggling sports stations with bet betting uh, programming. So, can't, you know, I guess we can't get enough uh, programming on how to how to place our bets on Thursday night football on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, and I'm not sure we understand the revenue source on that totally. I don't think it's just advertising. So. No, it's a lot of paid programming. There's a lot of people that are that are that have, that have handicapping uh, businesses that are paying to be on these networks. Uh, it's it's the popular thing now in sports radio, and you're seeing you know half the content on a lot of stations shift over to betting. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, again, we have uh, run out of out of tokens, Keith. <laughs> no, no longer going to be pulling. 
pulling the lever and waiting for the dial to spin. We're, we're out of time. Media Insultant is a production of InTown Media, and we do interim contract management for radio stations. And we produce this program each Tuesday and Friday. And we will be back on next uh, Tuesday to see what other kind of nonsense we can, we can come up with. So until next Tuesday, Keith, have a good weekend, buddy. Okay, stay dry. Talk to you soon, Jackson.